The Athletic is home to 400 of the best sports writers out there covering every major team in every major league in the U.S., Canada, and the U.K. Uh, my favorite writer, let's see, I don't know, I got Bo Wolf here, I got Zach Berman here. You know who I like is Matthew Fairburn, does a great job covering mm. the Buffalo Bills. Gets, Fairburn bump. Gets good access, looks for different angles, uh, does a great job, really. Whatever team you follow, whatever sport you follow, we have great writers covering them. Simply put, we have the best sports newsroom on the planet. But you don't have to take my word for it. You can see for yourself by signing up for a free trial. Head to theathletic.com slash birds with friends to save 40% on an annual subscription. That works out to $3 a month for total access to some of the best sports coverage in the world. What are you waiting for? That's theathletic.com slash birds with friends to save 40%. Bird to your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just a couple of feathery brethren weathering any season to see the Eagles eating teams like bacon, steaks, and cheese. It's Philadelphia, Bowen, Sheila, the cut, kicking it cooler than two penguins till Bo's old arch nemesis. Greg Cosell shows up and it gets real. Pull up a branch and chill, it's time to get ill with some Birds with Friends. The early bird skips the worm and prefers getting turned like a turn on some birds with friends. Bo Wolf and are coming at you with stats and things flapping their wings. You can't live up to expectations, no. so just do your best. That's what I tell myself in most life endeavors. <laughs> just go with what you saw today. Okay, yeah. Change your opinion daily. Yeah, I'm all about that. For You'll sure. be wrong often, yeah. but then you can just point back to when you were right. No yeah. one will remember. No That's one's true. listening. Hello, everybody, and welcome. To Birds with Friends on the scene at the Indianapolis uh, Convention Center for the Scouting Combine. This is exciting. We've got headsets. We're sitting with our producer, Kent. This is a whole new, uh, a whole new deal. I haven't been more excited for a podcast. Since yesterday? I was excited for yesterday's one, At too. least you have a chair today. A little more comfortable today. Do you want to sit on the floor? No. I'd rather okay. not. We are about uh, an hour and 35 minutes after the closing bell. How are the markets today, Zach? <laughs> they were down again. <laughs> okay. But I was I was consumed more in the Eagles draft market today and the Eagles free agent market that I was not paying as as close attention. And before we get to that, of course, everyone wants to know, Sheil, how are you? Great. You? Not so bad. Okay. You're actually, you know you're why not he's not so, so bad? Sheil's not so great, by the way. Uh, you know, we had a, we had a lovely dinner last night, and uh, Sheil a little bit banged up today. I look great. I feel great. I don't yeah, know what you're talking about. Fair. Yeah. Are are you nervous being in the presence of, of such an accomplished uh, writer like Bo? Yeah, I wasn't going to get to this. this oh, okay. So this is not, you know, the highlight of the week is coming on Thursday. We have a NFL Summit. All the athletic writers, we just got a good schedule for this. I don't know if we're supposed to share it or not, but I'm going to go ahead and share it. You know, you have different people speaking. Six writers to- total, Zach, out of the entire athletic NFL family have to deliver presentations at 2.45 p.m., how I got that story. Bo Wolf. Are you ready? Are you ready? Highlighted by the higher ups in this in this company, the athletic. They wanna know what Bo can share to the rest of the writers. They wanna know how I got the Marcus Epps story. There you go. Okay. The uh, the Omar Epps Mike Epps game. That's all I'm gonna talk about. All you have to do is have a you know a demented mind for the rest for, for your entire life and those those stories will come. I know that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Zach was very excited. Zach, for have that. you ever have you ever seen uh, someone right, enjoy right, a no, dessert no, more than Shield enjoyed dessert last night? 
Howie Roseman he spoke today. Yeah. Doug Peters you want to host? Him. Zach, you host. Go ahead. Take over. <laughs> All right. Bo we, is a writer, not a podcast <laughs> host. All right. So uh, today was the main event. We got to talk to Howie Roseman and Doug Peterson. Uh, we wrote up our, our 10 takeaways that's going up on the site shortly, but let's unpack it all. Uh, give me, Zach, your, uh, your number one takeaway. Well, so, big- so we talked to the two of them, both on the podium and then yeah. separately. Let's have a name for that when Bo asks a question and then just answers <laughs> it before you can. How about just um, every, or every episode of the show? Yeah, so, and so there's player-specific stuff I, I can point to, but I'll, I'll go big picture here. And that's free agency opens on March 18th. And expect the Eagles to be aggressive, uh, more so or in a different way than they were the past two years. And Howie Roseman mentioned this when we spoke after the season, when he was kind of talking about how the the window from that core closed and and they're kind of retooling. But he was pretty adamant today uh, in terms of free agent strategy. He said it's going to be more comparable to what they did in 2016, 2017. Of course, those were the classes that brought in Brandon Brooks, Rodney McLeod, Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, those are players in their mid-20s who they paid, in some cases, top of the market or near top of the market deals for those players, and they viewed them as core guys. Uh, they weren't kind of the the patchwork, plug free agent signings that they did the past two years. Howie Roseman said they needed to go with shorter-term deals the past two years. Uh, this year, they're going to be in. Uh, I'll close it with this. It's, it's the way Howie phrased it, is if they spend big money, they're looking at a guy who can fill the spot that would ordinarily go to a premium draft pick. So they're looking for a guy who's going to be your starter for three years. Those are the most expensive guys, the 26, 25, 26, 27-year-old guys. So uh, it will be interesting. Yeah, I thought he was pretty open sending some signs that we're not sitting this one out. We're not as worried about the comp picks. We're not, uh, you know, just going to go with the guys we have. And that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to go out and make a splash on the first day of free agency. But uh, I do think you're right. I think it will be more active than it has been in previous years. Uh, my big takeaway deals with a specific player and a specific wager we have this, on yeah. birds with friends and i really couldn't believe what i was hearing you know doug peterson was asked specifically uh bo bo got it in he did a classic oh, why, don't we, why don't we uh, why don't we drop that clip oh. do you want jason peters back oh, yeah. yeah i think i said the same thing about darren sproles thank you Man, you sound like a psycho there. <laughs> do, you listen, want, do you want Jason Peters back? Well, listen. Answer the question. That's how you. That's how you get in. That's how you. Uh, you know, successfully win a question face-off. You wait for a, a quick break and you hop right in there. Hmm. He's still caught up on the question. On maybe the question maybe, maybe that'll get him up to like eleven next year. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, that's a good improvement. Well, uh, well, well we know I on Thursday. Him. On Thursday, he's not talking about winning question but, faceoffs. Well, yeah, he, only how to find the story. <laughs> yes. that might be part of it. <laughs> that might be part reporting. Of uh, so I, I think that uh, you know I I guess on one hand I think. Doug Peterson, if there's ever a veteran player and they say, do you want him back? He's just going to say yes because he's a a player's coach. He has relationships with these guys. It doesn't really do anything for him to kind of waffle on it. But then we have history, and he referenced Darren Sproles, and that's the first thing I think everybody had to be thinking about when he mentioned that, yeah, he would like Jason Peters back. Absolutely. That's crazy to me. We'll see what they do. Uh, I thought there was no chance. I still think He's probably not coming back, but I will admit that I'm a little bit nervous about buying uh, 16 Quattro Formaggios for you guys. 32. 
16 times two. Are you starting to think about how you're going to pace out those orders, Zach? Well, I, I think Shields going to win this one. Um, oh, good. Oh, you don't you think that Peters is gone still? Yes, I still think Peters is gone. You think this is a sort of a Mike Grow thing? Although where we're, I, we're taking them at their word too much. <laughs> tomorrow he's going to. I approach Peters this released. I approach this more from from all Eagles yeah. records. I mean, perhaps I, I need to look at it more emotionally uh, as opposed to practically. I, I just think practically speaking, you spent a first round pick and you used a fourth round pick as as trade ammo to move up. Uh, and it's not like you took like a 21-year-old. You took a 23-year-old left tackle. Mm-hmm. You don't keep him on ice for two years. The only reason you would do it, frankly, is if you don't think he's good. Correct. And so, in my opinion, if Peters is back, that is the is is the most damning sign yet of of kind of Andre Dillard's prospect. There is no way to interpret Jason Peters coming back other than a, like a glaring billboard of an admi- of an admission of uh, failure. On the Andre Dillard selection. Which I can't see them doing. Which wouldn't make sense. I mean, the guy, again, I know he wasn't good at right tackle last year, but he played left tackle, and he played what, he basically fit what you would expect from a first-round pick seeing his first NFL action. I thought he played pretty well. It wasn't perfect. All this, everything you wanted to see, I thought you saw from those, it was three games, right? Mm-hmm. Three games that he started. So it would have to be something going on at practice or coaches' well, dugouts, which the, those are all possible things, but it would be surprising. You know, the Eagles did not do like the full due diligence on Andre Dillard that they would have on other guys because they didn't expect him to be there. Uh, you know, you wrote the story about. Uh, is that of, true? That's weird. What well, do you mean? This is the, they have all this is a year round thing. Well, no, well, Jeff Stoutland had the anecdote that he called him the morning of the draft to just kind of be prepared for this possibility that it could. Yeah. So clearly, this was not something that like two weeks ahead of time they're like deal or, or nothing. You right. know, this this was. Uh, yeah, I'm not saying they they weren't. You know, no, they, they no, no. I was supporting your point. Yeah. Well, was that it was kind of like last minute, like all right, let's let's dot our eyes and right. and, and cross our teeth. That seems so and, weird. To and me, so anyway, so you write the you wrote the story about you know he's not necessarily wired as maybe the most football guy of guys. Well, but, nobody asked me to present on that story later this week. I'm just saying, NFL putting Summit, a little bit but. of background on it, but. Uh, maybe it's possible he got in the building and and they they didn't love what they see from him. But, I mean, again, it's been one year. Now, at the same time, if for some reason they think after one year that he's not going to work for them, like, I suppose it's better than not to to move on, like, and not view it as a sunk cost, but... Boy, that would be insane. This seems like a crazy conversation. Yeah, more realistically, I think... Maybe. Yeah, I I just think... think you could trade him? Dillard, yeah, heck yeah, as Doug said. <laughs> what do you mean? Would you trade him for a second? Would I know? What are you crazy? <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm just the guy I'm can, trying to move it. I'm just trying what has he shown? These things are possible. I think more realistically, Howie Roseman wasn't ready to end the Jason Peters era at the combine press conference. Yeah, our prediction uh, yeah. there was wrong. Yeah, yeah, my prediction, our prediction, whatever. Yeah, yeah was was wrong there. It was uh, I don't know. I think there's a little bit. I I, I think there's a little bit to this. Well, I mean, I, I think we're reading too much and then Doug Peterson saying, heck yeah. And you asked the question, I give credit to you there. In the follow-up session af- afterwards, he, he did couch it a bit, being like, well, we do have difficult decisions to make. And, and he, was, he was, now, he also said, to your point, too, that it wouldn't be, like, if they did this, it, it, it wouldn't be sending a bad signal to Dillard, even though it, it, it would. Yeah, of course it but would. But he was, he was kind of protecting the possibility that they could bring Peters back. Uh, I still think, practically speaking, 
Jason Peter, that Andre Doerr is going to be your left tackle next year. And it bothered me when Doug kept saying, he kept comparing it to Darren Sproles. Yeah, when it's that totally was, different. Darren two Sproles, disasters. No, but Darren Sproles was a rotational player. You right. can bring Darren Sproles back and say he's your returner, your third down back. Like, if Jason Peters is back, he is playing over Andre Doerr. There's, there's no, like, getting them both on the right. field. And I have seen, again, I have seen some speculation uh, that, like, maybe – Peters would come back as a backup. Absolutely <laughs> no. not. No. Like that guy is not backing anybody up. Uh, that's especially sure. not Andre Dillard. <laughs> especially not Andre Dillard. And I don't think he's moving to you know left guard or anything no. like that either. So uh, why don't we play? Uh, you know, we've got this drop capability with Kent here. Let's let's play one of Zach or Shields uh, questions. Zach was a dynamo today. No, no, not yet, not yet. You know, I, that's the part that keeps me attached. That's the part that keeps me, you know, in my own motivation, right, is, is to be around the players and to stand up in front of the room and install the plays during the week and, and, and be connected to the team offensively that way with, with all the other things that I have to do. So uh, play calling was never, to follow never up. So Zach, Zach had a couple big face-off wins today. He was very good. Uh, Shield had a couple as well. If you want to play uh, Shields, Kent. Sure. What's your What's your process for good one? Good job by you. Drafts, either personally or as a staff. How How do you go about doing that? Yeah, I think they're great learning tools. Uh, at the same time, you know, you got to look at some of the things that maybe you overvalued. Some you don't need, you we don't even need the whole answer. But I do want to then play this uh, this next clip, which was. Uh, I thought notable, and, and listeners should hear. Everyone in the training room will report to Tom. Oh, you don't have many. Uh, <laughs> now, what you hear there is Jimmy Kemsky. I can't understand yeah. anything I'm hearing. What you hear there is Jimmy Kemsky of Philly Voice uh, trying to ask a question and being soundly defeated by Les Bowen. A resounding defeat for Jimmy Kemsky. I believe he rockets to the bottom. Uh, plummets oh, to the bottom. Oh, that's why he played that. Seriously. <laughs> I mean, what, nobody, a, what a waste of listening. Nobody time. holds a grudge like Bo Wolf holds a grudge. <laughs> really? He just loves to win. <laughs> now he's just aggressively trying to get people to not listen to our podcast anymore with, with these bits. I mean, I got the worst answer in this all day from Howie with my question. I don't know why we were. you wanted to play that. That's the audio you sent to Kent to play here. I mean, really, what are you doing? Uh, okay. Jimmy, Jimmy's on notice. Uh, okay, I think those were the the two top line takeaways: free agency and Jason Peters. But uh, beyond that, it was the first time Doug addressed the coaching staff. It was well, well, well. Uh, I guess to us, he did speak to Dave Spadaro. Yes, he wanted to make so. well, and he also wanted to make sure we all heard his WIP interview, uh, which I did. Yeah, well, I, I know, I, of course, the, you did. Yes. Um, well, Sheila, you focus on the on the staff. So why don't why don't you take take the staff stuff? I thought the big thing was, as Zebram would say, he was really gazing up Press Taylor. He really was uh, during during both. He he had two separate media availabilities. He said uh, basically that he needs to give Press Taylor more to do. That he needs more on his plate. That he's ready for it. That uh, you know, Press Taylor is kind. He kind of used Press Taylor. He impressed Taylor like he viewed Andy Reid and him, which right. I thought he was He thinks he's grooming him as, yeah. as, a, as a future head coach. Yeah, yeah. So I thought that was pretty, uh, pretty fascinating there. And I thought he, he revealed a nice little nugget, which was that Press Taylor was in charge of the red zone yes. game planning last year, which was the best part of the offense. They averaged 5.56 points per red zone trip last year, tops in the NFL. Ooh, look at that. Little Capadia nugget, oh baby. And so now Press Taylor's, uh, as Doug said, his fingerprints will be all over the game plan. And so... Mm, uh, sounds I, dirty. 
But it, <laughs> a, a, a little short press tower anecdote here. Um, I, I give credit to this as, as someone who's very loyal to his brothers. Uh, press tower came today to watch his brother's press conference. <laughs> He, yeah, he yeah. came today to watch his brother. He said Zach Taylor sounds just like him. It's crazy. I mean, as you expect, they're brothers. But you should hope if Press becomes a head coach, it works out a little better. I'd like to see. One. I'd like to see uh, all of your siblings showing up for one of our podcasts. <laughs> that'd be that'd be an interesting experience. They similarly look like me, a little taller, yeah. but it's not saying much. It's not nothing. Not nothing. True. Sure. Uh, yeah, the, the Taylor stuff was interesting. He really was. He really was gassing him up. Um, and and so I asked, like, you know, how is – that was when he revealed the red zone stuff. Like, how will his job actually be different because he was probably involved with game planning. But he said you know, he really – beyond red zone, he, he wasn't so involved. He so. gave you a hashtag, well, actually. Well, it's good. I, that, that <laughs> we got an answer out of it, which was good. And he, and he said that also, like, even though, you know, Press is passing game coordinator, Stoutland is run game coordinator, Deuce is assistant head coach, and Scangarello is whatever he is those meeting rooms will probably be run by press. Yeah, so my read on this, actually, and uh, I'll give a little credit to, to, to McManus, um, to who, Mac. who during the uh, coaching search, that, or the assistant coaching search, that keep your eye on Press Taylor, is that press is probably the guy they wanted to make offensive coordinator, but maybe they were concerned about the optics. Either A, the optics, or, or B, um, they just didn't want, you know, the internal politics of it. Uh, mm-hmm. Perhaps that was a consideration as well. Uh, so, from all intents and purposes, like he he has he has Mike Rowe's job. You know, he uh, mm-hmm. I mean Mike Rowe was an offensive coordinator by title, but he was essentially the passing game coordinator. I mean Jeff Stoutland was still in yeah. charge of the running game, and he he kind of ran the meetings. And Doug was calling plays. Yeah, Press Taylor is doing that. So essentially, he's doing what Mike Rowe did. Um, and I know there was some speculation, not really by us. But there was some speculation that when they made the coaching changes, it was Scangarello that was kind of the the key change. And uh, I, I really think it's it's Press's increased yeah. role that he's the de facto offensive coordinator. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, what did he say about Scango, Shiel? Well, he said Scangarello was going to be the guy to kind of tie it all together. And he led by saying that Scangarello has West Coast offense roots, which must have been earlier in his career, because we all think about him as sort of coming up under Shanahan in Atlanta and then in San Francisco. But I thought the most interesting part about that was him saying that they had success with Carson Wentz on the move at the end of last season. Bootlegs, play action, getting him out outside the pocket. After we called for it for three quarters of the season. That's correct. And to Peterson's admission, he has said he should have gotten to that stuff earlier in the season. Uh, he should he should listen. Maybe he should read 40% off theathletic.com mm. slash birds with friends. But uh, I, think, I think that's the best case scenario, that Scangarello comes in and comes up, comes up with ways to really emphasize the play action, the QB movement plays with Carson Wentz, which he's so good at. Uh, they find different ways to get to that, and it sort of just folds in to everything else they're doing. That, I think, is their vision, what they want to do. And theoretically, that is a good idea. In practice, are they able to implement all these different things? Is How good of a coach is Scangarello? Uh, all, the, all those things. So he, he's really supposed to work on that and then tie everything together. You mentioned the run division and the pass division. I'm kind of interested in the, in the dynamic of, you know, Doug Peterson has only worked under one head coach and he's, you know, he's been a head coach now for four years. So like he's not necessarily 
plugged in on like young up and coming coaches mm-hmm. and like what's the dynamic of how they go about trying to identify these guys and he i thought he gave a pretty good answer about this just sort of you know the analytics guys are like combing college and the nfl for for you know little trends he relies on the scouts uh who, you know who who have these good relationships and then also just calling around um i thought that was an interesting an interesting answer on just like what that process is now all they did was hire an offensive coordinator who got fired and, you know, a couple other guys. But Aaron Moorhead, I guess, is, is sort of interesting, and uh, I thought that was an interesting answer. Yeah, with Aaron Moorhead, uh, Doug was really impressed by the fact that he was a backup. He loved Similar that. to Doug. Yeah. Oh, yes. yeah, he loved that. Nothing puts a spark on yeah. Doug's eye like another, uh, another NFL backup. I think that's right. Yeah. On the, on the free agency thing, did, like, did that answer change your expectations? No, I expected it, it, it yeah. but it, it really, it, it kind of crystallized it. He and was it pretty was, forceful about yes. it. Yes, yeah. um, and, and I think that was how he kind of telegraphing what they're going to do. You think that's like, you know, Yannick Ngakwe? Well, I mean, I don't know if, he, if Ngakwe yeah. is going to hit the market. Yeah, but, probably not. Um, I read a tweet that your boy Dave Gettleman uh, oh, thinks, boy. That that, was fun watching, uh, watching thinks that the top pass rushers are going to Yeah, tag. you miss Gettleman. What did he say? That the top pass rushers are going to be tagged, he thinks. Okay. I, I you know, know Shields in, in rough shape when he can't even get make it for Gettleman. When was Gettleman? I didn't check the schedule. It was uh, towards the later end. I like just walking into a Gettleman. Yeah, it's fantastic. I don't want to. I don't want to schedule a Gettleman. Uh, okay. Yeah. Well, I want it's the main event as far as I'm concerned. Okay. I was at a lot of these today. Zach was all over the place. <laughs> Andrew Barry, Chipper, Joe up Doug. and Adam. Yeah. How would you? Who were, who were your favorites? Yeah. Well, I always enjoy Les Snead. We talked about that yesterday. Yeah, that's right. Although it didn't really... He's I, got I a good head of hair, Les Snead. Good head of hair? Elite. Yeah, he's got a he's very good head of hair. He's an unbelievable head of hair. He's got a very good head of hair. Um, what are you talking about? Kingsbury, again, too open-chested with this... With this <laughs> Wait, what? With this ridiculous sleeper shirt, like this long underwear, long sleeve shirt. You know... Dressed like a grown-up, dude. It's called a Henley. You talking about a Henley? Yeah, we talked about this last year. He looks ridiculous. No, you might have talked about it last <laughs> year. I certainly. You did told not. me the Henley thing last year. Oh. I didn't remember it. <laughs> well, he looks ridiculous. Uh, you He's know, a grown I, man. I caught. Looks like he just woke up. I caught Matt Rule for uh, five minutes. That guy's impressive. Uh, oh yeah, I, I felt mm, like watching. Rule of law. I, who, who was saying that? I felt like watching. Well, well, this is like you don't get credit for like <laughs> he was the number one coaching target for everybody. This is like you saying yesterday. Oh, yeah, Jerry Judy really pumped out on uh, no, out on no, tape. No, no for, the oh, apt it's comparison. Al- it's almost like somebody saying parasite. Yeah, exactly. Is their under the radar movie? I didn't say under the radar. You asked me we what were, movie we sh- you should see, and I told you what first movie of all, we're podcasting in November. And I was saying, and this was... Yeah, you said he was going to the Giants. Yeah, well, he was going to go to the Giants before David Tepper came in. And uh, um, Did you watch the uh, documentary that the Panthers did online about the... Sir? Do you think I watched it? I, I <laughs> doubt it. You were too busy watching Paris. <laughs> no, he's Probably. catching up on West Wing. <laughs> you, you, you should. It's an outstanding. It's pretty low on uh, uh, I did not, and for me, I actually gave several disclaimers that this is not any earth-shattering information. Mm. I just watched one game, and this is what I like. Spoke to Jerry Judy today, though. I did not mention you're a big fan of his, but... Um, uh, he had a little controversy today, huh? Yeah. I didn't think it was controversial. I thought it was, I thought it was funny. Why uh, don't you apparent- explain what Yeah, was. so he was wearing uh, a Jewish star, Star of David, um, necklace, and uh, someone asked him the significance of his necklace, and he said uh, that um, because his name's Jerry Judy, people call him Jew, and <laughs> so... <laughs> He, he he got the Jewish necklace and he said, "I'm not Jewish though." 
Um, so he clarified that for the room. <laughs> and uh, look, I I, I thought it was dying over there. I thought it was funny. I mean, it's like the weirdest. Story. <laughs> he, he put out a tweet later, um, apologized for anyone he offended. I I mean I didn't find it very offensive. I I, I thought it was. You thought are was, as a Jewish man. Well, we don't need to get into personal stuff here, but <laughs> well, that's not personal. I think it, it speaks to you like you weren't offended. No, it, it, it's it's kind of like I wasn't half offended. <laughs> there you go. Um, also spoke to us. Yeah, I was involved in the Henry Ruggs. I was involved in. It's the, really silly. <laughs> the KJ Hamler. I was involved in the. Um, yeah, I'm going through. It all feels these more like well, it would be like an episode of Ballers than would have actually be a something. Do you think he starts like playing up some of the stereo stereotypes of a Jewish person? Oh boy! All right, like can play like can play. What stereotypes are you talking about? I'm talking about like complaining about you know your. Uh, like a hypochondriac, maybe he's like, ah, my, my back. Uh. Is that a <laughs> that thing? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I know. Of. <laughs> oh, please. I don't know. Let's talk about wide receivers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I mean, you oh can go my, on. Oh my back. If you want to go on with your Jewish jokes, <laughs> proceed. But <laughs> yeah, I got a lot of material. <laughs> there you go. It's like the Seinfeld episode. Are you offended as a Jew or offended as a comedian? You know? hmm. Um. Anyways, uh, yeah, Henry Ruggs. But, well, are we still on, on Howie and Doug, or should we talk about Well, I don't know who else you talked to. I think there was a, a natural lead in there, though, that we should cover. In that, I did ask uh, Doug Peterson about Deuce Staley, and he gave this rambling answer about how much he loves Deuce, and Deuce has led the developmental program, and he's happy. Uh, I didn't really buy any of it. It really, you know, he, yeah, of course he's, not. Got, he's got to put some positive spin on it. But, um, you know, he said Deuce Staley was considered like for one of the promotions mm. it, it was one of those but what he was already doing yeah, is so lose. important yeah, yeah, yeah. which is obviously nonsense so but the good uh, news is if doug gets invited to a dentist party <laughs> at some point and has to miss some time deuce will take over that was a reference to yesterday's show yeah. the valley park that's show. correct yes um yeah no i, I and, and look if you're deuce daily um he interviewed for the head coaching job in 2016 uh did not get it obviously Interviewed for the offensive coordinator job in 2018. Did not get it. They have another offensive coordinator uh, job this year, and Doug says he was considered, but no changes made to Deuce's his title because he runs the practice squad um, developmental program. I like Deuce Daly. Like uh, I, I've spoken to players who's, who's, who swear by him, but I, I, I do think it's a valid question here is how a how happy is Deuce Daly and, and you know and um, he can't be very happy. You've heard reports and whatnot, but uh, I'm looking forward to speaking to him in person about this. In uh, I guess we got a time in, in the in the spring, right? We do. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what did you think of the receivers you got to talk to? Well, is 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 there anything else you want to hit on with the with the coach and and, and GM, or do you want to go to? Sure. I, I, I mean, well, I'll, I'll be happy show? to talk with. No, no. All right, I will answer your question. Say you, yes. You're true. You're true. So uh, uh, Henry Ruggs wants to beat. Um, well, I guess they all want to beat John Ross's time, but that's what he's he's uh, gunning for. Four two two is is the number that he's focused on, and uh, he uh, he says he hasn't timed himself in the pre-draft or you mm. know in the in the um, combine workouts, he knows when he runs well and he knows when he doesn't. I would think at some point you'd pull out the stopwatch. Um, but uh, that was one. Um, uh, Jalen Rager. Jalen Rager is built. I mean, uh, like, Judge, I, I was only in on the last session of receivers, and there was up there was LaVisca Chenault, Henry Ruggs, and Jalen Rager. And judging 
only based on uh, the way they talked and the way they comported themselves. I mean, on Jalen Rager. Yeah, I mean, he's he's got that, that like competitiveness. Him. Oh, uh, yeah. His his favorite team growing up was all the teams that his that his dad were played for, and I asked what he remembers from his dad's year in Philly, and it was the last season. And he said he was he was really happy that his his you know his dad kind of got to finish his career there, and um, that's what he remembers. Just kind of like that was the last time he saw his dad play football. Um, I like, K- a, I like a Jalen Rager. Yeah, uh, uh, KJ Hamler, who is a big Deshaun Jackson guy. Uh, wants to meet Deshaun Jackson. Um, Brandon Ayuk. Am I pronouncing it correctly? I believe it's Ayuk. Ayuk. Ayuk uh, spoke to him. Uh, was um, was not. Oh, and uh, T. Higgins, who uh, your boy. Yeah, I don't know if he qualifies as my boy stats, but he's a good player. He's he, your boy. And it was it was uh, he was a nice guy to hear from as well. So uh, Henry Rugg said, "There's more to his game than just speed." Um, uh, T. Higgins said that he's not just a tall guy. He's fast too. People don't don't realize that. Um, people are gonna be surprised when he runs in the four fours. He thought he he was he, he was talking Julio Jones and AJ Green more than JJ Ortega Whiteside. He did not get up there and say uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, a rich I'm man. a rich man. JJ Ortega Whiteside. <laughs> um, but it's he mistake. he uh, he collects uh, he collects Hot Wheels um, or ha- has a big Hot Wheels collection because growing up in Tennessee it was it was hot outside and um, and and he needed wheels. No, no, no. And he he didn't necessarily want to play football with all the pads on. And his his aunt, his aunt, his aunt. I say aunt. That's a Philadelphia way of saying it. Aunt said that uh, if he catches two touchdowns, he'll get five Hot Wheels. And he said, only two touchdowns? I can do that. And so then he caught two touchdowns every game. And he's this big Hot Wheels collection. <laughs> every game. Um, that's what he was saying. <laughs> so, uh, so excited. My, my son. Uh, well, this, is like, this is like 8.30 in the morning. I'm like trying <laughs> yeah, to convince myself to get out of bed and shower so I can maybe make it to the end of the receivers. Sheil is like, got, you know, covers drawn. You don't know, puking, anything. Like, you don't know anything about what I was doing. I was trying to figure out what hotel he's going to stay at tonight because he's he's bed hopping all over the all over the city, and Zach is is up there wide eyed and bushy tailed, taking down the Hot Wheels notes, and he's ready to go for T Higgins. Yep, yeah, my uh, my son, the barbershop we go to. Uh, the barber Diego gives gives uh, Hot Wheels after after the haircut, so oh. he he knows that when he's going, he, he gets a car. He says. Mm. So mm-hmm. I thought maybe about, your son is the rich man's JJ Ortega Whiteside. Uh, I don't think my son's going to be able to have JJ Ortega Whiteside's uh, leaping ability, red zone ability. But mm. hey, you never know. Don't put limits on him. No, that's true. <laughs> uh, no, I'll go for that. What were you going to say? No, so uh, I I did not. Um, I was not. I was upset. You asked me, did you speak to Chanel uh, or Chanel? Chanel. Yeah. I'm sorry. <clears throat> and I did not. I was. Mm. It was during the rugs Rager. Right. They were all period. at the same time. And I think he was a guy I wanted to speak with. So here's a little preview of a story that. to come. Guess how many unread text messages Henry Ruggs has on his phone? How many? Right now. Take a guess. Five hundred and thirteen. Shield? 786. Mm, 821. Wow, that, okay. was, that was pretty close. close. Yeah, there you go. How many unread text messages do you have? None. No text messages, but I'm in like you the 20,000s on my email. You have one. I have one? Oh, I have, I have two now. <laughs> oh, 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 Shield text me. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Shield text me. Okay. Um, if anyone's looking to gamble tonight, 
Ooh. Yeah, wow. Yeah, that's some mistakes. Uh, All-star breaks are... Do they are, take pasta physios? I, I don't think so. Okay. But all-star breaks are in the past, and teams have their sights set on securing their place in the playoff race. Over in college hoops, teams are jockeying for tournament seeding. So much action, so little time. And DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, can get you right into the middle of all the action. The XFL is back to scratch everyone's itch for football check out the DraftKings Sportsbook app to see what special uh, I'm sorry to see what special promotions they're offering on the most extreme league in the U.S. American made DraftKings Sportsbook is a safe and secure betting app you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience it's no wonder DraftKings Sportsbook is America's top rated sportsbook app download the top rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code TOSS T-O-S-S for a limited time all new users can get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook has a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Don't forget, enter code TOSS, T-O-S-S, and get your sign-up bonus up to $1,000 only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Pennsylvania only, in partnership with Meadows Racetrack and Casino. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem. Call, call 1-800-GAMBLER. In terms of questions that Doug and Howie sort of needed to be asked but didn't really give insightful answers to, um, both Malcolm Jenkins and Alshon Jeffrey, I think, were qualify uh, for that. Howie said, you know, Malcolm Jenkins, we value his leadership yep. and you know, we'll keep uh, you know, contract discussions private and all that stuff. And Alshon, he said the most important thing is we got to get him healthy, which, you know, if they're going to trade him, that's probably right, but they yeah. won't be able to. So, But I was frustrated myself there. Because I, I think we could have asked a direct question: mm. Is Alshon Jeffrey going to be on your roster next season? Yeah, and I think you're right. I, you know, we, that's, yeah, maybe we as a as a media crew yeah. drop the ball. How so, would you evaluate our performance overall? Well, as I was writing, I thought that, and so I'm look. I'm not passing the buck. I'm wearing that one. Mm. I I asked a open ended wide receiver question. I thought you I, had a good day today. No, well, I appreciate you saying that. I I, I think there's things I could have done better, and frankly, this was. I mean, this was just a report. It's, it's the writing. It's the output that's going to matter. And, well, you and weren't so. Kemskied at any point. I wasn't Kemskied? Oh, yeah, I yeah, wasn't. You were you oh. Know, trying to ask a question, and somebody just <laughs> totally dominates your whole being. <laughs> uh, Jimmy does a great job. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I thought we I, – look, I, I thought we asked a lot of the, the questions that need to be asked. I think you're right, though. Um, that we could have framed that. I'll show yeah, and better. I should have framed – I should have said, do you – is Alshon going to be on your roster in 2020? And even if he doesn't answer it, you, you want to see mm. what the answer is. So should have asked that question. I'll, I'll own that. Wow. Mm. Jeez. I would give a good post-game interview, man. I, I would. So she, Zach, was, Zach was saying that he really wants to, he thinks he could give a great general manager interview, like on, be as the general manager on the podium. Do you want to? Do you want to do this tonight? We can for, do it for a couple minutes. Ask Zach some questions. Yeah, no, I have no interest in this exercise. <laughs> we can do it in a different podcast if you want. I mean, if you want to ask, it's now, it's fine. I think Shield's hungry. Shield texted me. What time? <laughs> no, because from... I have to tell somebody. <laughs> oh, yes. So, yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yes. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I think that I, I, I could handle it as well, and I think I could be more substantive than. What, Without giving away, uh, yeah, you know, exactly. Key information. The key is you give a good anecdote. You, you know, you give a good mm. line. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, Thomas Dimitrov does a good job up there. You thought that uh, you thought that Howie was uh, approaching the line with his coronavirus joke. <laughs> I just thought it was. Uh, look, I expect so. Doug used the Howie joke, and Howie. Well, I don't want to say that's a Doug joke, but yeah, I, I didn't expect the coronavirus. Maybe that explains the licking the water bottle. I don't know if that's a side effect. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, Howie got. <laughs> How he got up this there. This is an all-time and, and there was of a, eye rolls from Sheila. Yeah, there, was a, a, there was a water bottle on the lectern that Howie was at, and Howie made a joke that he doesn't know if he should drink it because one of us might have. Mm. Um, I, I, it was a sealed water bottle, by the way. But yeah, exactly. Nonetheless, <laughs> that did not come up. He really like wouldn't open. I, yeah, and then he 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 went back to that joke again, and then he made a reference to what's that virus going around. Which, mm. A little edgy there, but look, you know. She said Norton's antivirus. <laughs> um, Maybe that's what he was but, talking about. Yeah. So, so, so Doug's eye. If 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 you watch the press conference, Doug's eye uh, mm. looked a little messed up. He he had like a sty that was, um, yeah. So uh, he, he, he the I, eye and the sty I, don't lie. I asked him the about the sty and the eye don't lie. I asked him about that off. Yeah, it's pretty good off the uh, that's podium. Good. And the sty and the eye don't lie. And he was oh my God, the sty. we heard you. And so then he said. Said, but you should That's see the other good. guy. Yeah, yeah, which is a joke that I would expect from Howie, right? Mm. That you should see the other the guy. Dad joke. joke. Yeah, dad joke. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. Uh, you asked Howie about the linebackers. What did he say? Yeah. So I, I thought Howie was, um, was pretty honest about this. He, he said that there are some positions that they just, you know, they, they, they can't spend their resources everywhere, and there are some positions that they're going to prioritize more than others, and that. You know, there are some spots where they need to just trust their scouts to kind of find the right guys. And so he, he said you can never rule anyone out if it's the, it's the right guy, but he doesn't expect their philosophy to change. And the way I interpreted that was um, don't expect a splash at linebacker. Don't even expect, like, you know, the, I, think the, I think the splashiest they would do is something comparable to, to what they did with Nigel Bradham in 16 when they found kind of a, a change of scenery guy, gave him a, a, a low deal. And then he said they need to trust their scouts. So maybe on, on day three or late on day two, uh, they're trying to find a guy to plug in. And that, and you did a mailbag where you were asked this question about linebackers, and you kind of uh, so you said the same thing. Yeah, I think that's right. I think, <clears throat> I think, I think linebacker is a position, we talked about this, where uh, you know, a great player makes an impact, and there's probably not a big difference between a good player and an average player. Yeah, I mean, the top-tier guy, yeah, I think we did talk about this. It's yeah. Corey Littleton. He's going to probably get a big deal beyond that. You know, it, like I think I, they might have know, just some Joe level Schobert? of interest in Corey Littleton. You do? Okay. All right. Well, that would go against what Zach just thought was going to happen. But I, yeah, but I think, I, think, I think they think he's that good. All but, right. But, so I think, they're, I think they are probably likelier to sign Corey Littleton than they are to sign Joe Schobert. Like, I think they're likelier to sign a player they think is really good than pay Joe Schobert more than he's worth. Interesting. I could be wrong. We'll see. You could 18, be. circle it. Uh, what else? Anything else from, from Doug and Howie's? Yeah. The I mean, there was the encyclopedic Rolodex of all the answers. No, there was a lot of different stuff that um, that we could discuss. The clip that was played when you we were talking about the question face-off was about, I asked about play calling, if he considered, uh, if he considered giving that up, and he was adamant no, and I didn't ask that as, as kind of a knock on Doug's play calling. Mm-hmm. I think he's probably the best play caller they have, um, but it's more, and Doug said this, it, it affects the type of candidate you can get, um, and so he referenced, he even had 
uh, he had peace he had people he spoke to and people who came to the building and i think that was a reference to graham harrell who mm-hmm. uh this this came up and he said he was he was he was up front that i'm not giving up play calling duties and he said if i'm being completely honest if i'm a guy calling plays it's hard to 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 go if to you're a already job. calling plays. Yeah, yeah. it's hard yeah. to go to a job where you're not calling plays, and I think that that was uh, that's probably what you saw with the search, and that's why the search kind of it, it went the way it did. I don't know why he he should be selling the Frank Reich thing so much more. I mean, maybe he is what? in like the interview process. What do you mean? Frank Reich wasn't calling plays, and then he got a head coaching job. I guess so. Yeah, uh, I, I think that was an anomaly, though. Yeah, I mean, like, Ma- I mean, Matt Lafleur, backed out. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I mean, it worked out pretty well. What other OCs are getting non-play calling OCs are getting? Well, just, no, you're the just Matt, guy. yeah, Matt Nagy and then uh, Zach Taylor um, were yeah, two examples there. there. Oh, right. But the flip side is like Lafleur left the um, you know he left a good job. He left the Rams job to go to mm. the Titans, okay, because you know right. for the chance to call plays. Yeah, and I, I think that's the more likely path. John D. Filippo exactly Eagles to the Vikings. Vikings. Yep. Yeah, that plays. worked out well. Did not, but hmm. um, the other thing was um, I wanted to ask Doug about you know Jeffrey Lurie's level of involvement. Yes. It's impossible to read the micro situation as anything other than Doug wanted him back, and Jeffrey was like no, and so that's what happened. But Doug uh, and Howie both said Doug owns all the coaching staff decisions when they're interviewing guys. Howie will talk to guys as part of the interview process, as Doug would for a personnel guy. But uh, I just, I don't believe that. I don't believe that it was Doug's decision only. I didn't buy any of that. No way. Yeah. Yeah, I no way. You guys. No, I mean, no. Yeah, they, they were no very way. adamant. He has full autonomy. They said Jeffrey Lurie had no, right? They said none. None. It was, uh, yeah, that was he way over none. the top. It's and crazy. he said, he said, you know, I, you know, I misspoke. <laughs> yes. and I was still in the evaluation process. You were still in the middle of the evaluation process, and then one day later you concluded that the guy was gone? Yeah, mis- misspeak is not the... Uh, yeah. The, the word I would There's use no there. way. I mean, also he was asked about um, he was he was asked about the front office changes, and and when I say he, Howie was asked about the front office right. changes. Uh, they're not going to replace Andrew Barry per se. They have young guys in the building that they're, um, or I, I shouldn't say young guys. They have people that they've kind of developed that they're looking to take on bigger roles. And as Bo pointed out, uh, when the moves were announced, Jeremiah Washburn is a guy who who who, who really factors into this. Um, yeah, I mean, he was in the Ravens personnel yeah. department as a as an area scout with Andy Waddell and Joe Douglas, and he was also an assistant coach under both Jim Schwartz and Matt Burke. So he has yeah. both levels yep. of experience and uh, relationships with the staff. It's still it's still a little weird that you know. It, it, I mean, it just seems like a lot of work. But how he how he did? I, I asked Howie about yeah. it, and he said, right now, I mean, he's all personnel. personnel. That's what his job is. Sure. I think he maybe just helps out a little bit. With with uh, the coaching staff come season time, and then in terms of the <clears> medical <throat> changes, the uh, the two guys they hired are in charge of their departments, in tar- charge of the strength department or the performance department, and in, in charge of the training department. Um, so it was interesting how he gave like there was a difference in the two departures of Sean Hulls and yes. Shireen Mansuri. Shireen's uh, he said her contract voluntary. ran yeah. out and she just wanted to go back to the West Coast with her family, whereas. Uh, Sean Hulse's contract ran out, and uh, they just yeah. wanted to move on. Yeah, I, th- I think that's the effect. Yeah. Of it. That's interesting. That's, that's the read on it. And then, um, yeah, so uh, that's what came out of it there. Uh, and then, oh, so I asked about Josh McCown, and oh, yeah. uh, Doug said that uh, that he he did not offer Josh McCown or did not talk about uh, 
direct role on their staff, but does think that's something Josh McCown's going to want to do. And um, will be good at. Yeah, and will be good at. And uh, said that if Josh McCown's interested in coming back, that's he's interested in that too. Mm. So, the but he also said that he also said Nate Sudfeld's kind of worked his way into consideration for the number two, yeah. which is the same answer he he got last year. Uh, you know, and and so I, I, as I was saying, the Nate Sudfeld question came up last year. Uh, Les Bowen told us that he he looked this up. The this is the fifth consecutive year that a Jason Peters future question came up to Howie Roseman. Really which, good. That's which, a great job. Like, by is us. is pretty interesting. It's like the annual February we'll question. We'll do it again next yeah. year. Probably it sounds like. I don't think so. Here's my prediction from today. The Eagles are going to sign a uh, a defensive end in free agency. Like a, oh yeah yeah. Like what a big boy. Like a a, a a high level player. By the way, when really? when someone proposed I don't know if it's like in Gakwe, but like there's there are so many edge rushers in this free agent class, and they're willing to spend money, and there are a lot of young guys. I think they can sign a young guy. I'm incredulous here. Three weeks ago, I said this on the pod. I said, <laughs> I said, would I, I said would this surprise you guys? This is what I would watch out for. And you were yeah, like, that's not a prediction. No, I, I said, and and you were like, I I mentioned. And I, I even asked how to pronounce his you last said, name. Yeah, you did. Yes. Yeah. I st- then, I'm, stay- I'm yeah. staying with my answer. And Bo was like, ooh, that would really surprise me. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. All this stuff I, is on not the, true. All this stuff is taped. That's we not true. Back and oh, I said oh, the thing. I, what I said to you was I would not be surprised if they signed someone at the top. It makes sense for them to sign somebody who can, who can come in at the top level. They don't need middling guys. I mentioned him. I said, I said, look, this isn't something I, I would rule out. And then you, both of you guys. Like, I definitely I, said I yeah. would be surprised, and I still would. if they. Yeah. Here, here are the top edge guys. And on there's Shields a lot rankings. of guys. On Shields rankings. Uh, and yes. yeah, whoever wants to be the ombudsman, go back and listen and let us know if that. Uh, I'm going to assume Zach is right and Bo is waffling. <laughs> yeah. But uh, if somebody wants to check that. I've never waffled in and my Gakwe, life. Ngakwe, 25. Uh, I don't know if you consider. No, Clowney's not coming here. Mm-hmm. Shaq Barrett, 27. Matt Judon, 28. Dante Fowler, you 26. You think Matt Judon has a uh, Star of David necklace? Dante Fowler, 26. Bud Dupree, 27. And then you get to some older guys. Well, then there's also my boy Shaq Lawson. That, that really excites you? That's not, that doesn't qualify as a top-tier guy. Oh, that excites me, baby. Shaq Lawson? Mm, I'm all in on Shaq Lawson. I disagree. And by the way, it sounds like Judon's going to get um, tagged. Right. And then uh, Devondre Campbell, it sounds like he's going to hit, well, he is going to hit the market. Right. Uh, him and Austin Hooper are both going to hit the market, so they're both on Shields' rankings as well. well. Uh, Thomas Dimitrov said that. And, hmm. You're a big Devondre Campbell guy. I am. I know you're not, and I know Shields... Hmm. Um, well, I, 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 yeah. I wouldn't have any issue yeah. with that. That seems like a reasonable linebacker addition to me. Jimmy Kemsky is not as, not as much. Yeah, but we both compared him to Michael yeah. Kendricks. Yes. But we couldn't remember if one of us had made that comparison before <laughs> or not. If one of you was the source. Yes, <laughs> yes. Exactly. <laughs> a source told me, but it was actually a conversation we had <laughs> exactly. at the Senior Bowl. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, okay. Now, I think Shields hungry. What do we have the rest of the week, Zach? Oh, I'm thrilled you asked. Uh, I love this question. Um, tomorrow, so Wednesday, running backs and offensive linemen are uh, at the podiums behind us. Are you going to be there for the first interview? 
I, I need to look at the names there. Okay. It depends on the names. Uh, I don't think the offensive linemen are as are as noteworthy. Actually, tomorrow's right. not really a big day either way because I, I don't think either spot I agree. Is, is one that the Eagles are going to hit hard on. My goal um, is for you to not go tomorrow. No, I'm going to go. <laughs> DeAndre Swift's a Philly guy. Jonathan Taylor's a South Jersey guy. I will be there for both of those. I okay? want you too banged um, up to go. <laughs> uh, there's a debate tonight. Um, <laughs> and then... Uh, <laughs> Uh, and then, uh, so uh, and then Ron Rivera and Mike McCarthy, two new NFC East coaches, are both mm. speaking in the morning as well. Why do they go tomorrow? I guess just their schedules. Um, and then Seems on, yeah. So then on Thursday will be defensive linemen uh, and linebackers at the podiums. But um, more importantly, I, I mean the. The podiums are interesting for us. For for fans, tomorrow you're you're going to see the weightlifting, and you're going to see some of the um, you're going to have some of the, the tests for the quarterbacks, wide receivers, and what and whatnot. And then the on field stuff comes on Thursday night Thursday for night. the quarterbacks, <clears throat> and then Friday for the offensive linemen and the running backs. Saturday, you know, and, and so it it kind of goes in that order: Saturday, linebackers, D linemen, Sunday, defensive backs, and we'll and by the weekend we'll all be out of here, but. I don't know about Ken. I don't want to speak on Ken's behalf. Ken will be out of here as well. So They call Kent the, the king of Indianapolis. And you forgot the biggest thing that's coming up this week. Oh, Bo Wolf. Thursday, 245. Bo Wolf, how I got that story. By the way, can we give a little so here's background what you do. here? Here's what you do. You, you go through a roster, and you see, oh, this guy's last name is Epps. There are two... Actors whose names are also Epps. And, you know, they've been in movies that are pretty similar. I wonder if he knows those movies. You think that to yourself. And then you approach him in the locker room and you ask him these questions. And he's not very interested, but you persist. And then the story doesn't do well. It's a failure. And you, what you do then is you implore your listeners to go into the comment section and ask questions. So you can bump that failure to a pass. Well, I think, this is, I think this is more about Josh McCown, but a little background here. When we were in that Uber ride that we spoke about, mm. um, and we were talking I about like this, this, this yeah. summit, uh, I said, <laughs> I said, Bo, are you speaking? And Bo was like incredulous, like, me? No. <laughs> Why would they have me speak? And I'm like, well, you, you wrote some great stories this year. What I, I left out is that he's also kind of the editor's pet, so to speak. So. <laughs> of course. It seems that way, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's one of the all-stars. How can we record? His presentation oh. without. Uh, no, I gotta no, ask. No, no, I gotta no, ask the no, boss's no, no. permission. But we will. Uh, I don't so know about that. Let's, no, 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 no. Let's paint the picture here. Is that absolutely not? There's so there's there's four seats. Ken, our producer, sitting in one. Yeah. Shio and I are sitting next to each other, and Bo chose a seat. <laughs> the man no, no, you told me to sit here. That I'll says tweet this out. The yeah. new standard of sports journalism. <laughs> yeah. The guy talks to Josh McCown about the quarterbacks or about the the wide receivers he's throwing touchdowns to, and all of a sudden, ridiculous. he's the new standard of sports journalism. I know that's right. I agree with that. It's as <laughs> stupid as it gets. In all seriousness, it's well earned. I'm looking forward to what you're doing. No, don't back off. Please, yeah, please, please. No, Absolutely no. not. Come on. Okay. All right. Um, okay. Well, I guess that'll do it. We'll be back tomorrow at some point. So, for Zach and Shield, I'm Bo. And as always, we love you. Birds with